You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us Saturday, September 30th for our sobriety sprint, 5K, as we remember, honor, and celebrate those who've lost their lives. This family-focused event will feature a one-mile fun run, inflatables, food trucks, and more. Register to run or honor a loved one at sobrietysprint.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Oklahoma Beef Council. On behalf of Oklahoma's 50,000 beef farming and ranching families, we are working hard every day to bring high-quality beef to your table. To learn more, visit oklabeef.org. That's oklabeef.org, linked below. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, host, back with another episode. Got a, well, a professional cowboy on a podcast. I think that's the first time I've ever said that. So 500 and something episodes, that's the first, which is very exciting for me, um, considering I didn't grow up around the land of the cowboy. Um, but it gives me great pleasure to introduce uh, Cord McCoy to the podcast, Um you have a lot of really cool titles, and I'm sure we'll get to them. Mostly people know you from probably PBR and then The Amazing Race. Um, uh, you're, you're a public speaker as well. Um, you've done some political stuff. You're a dad. Uh, two kids? No, just one. Just yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I get a little, little girl called Tulsa, so that's, uh, that's a whole other story. So I met my wife. <laughs> In uh, truth be known, an after party in Tulsa yeah. at, at, a, at a PBR there. Um, I, you know, we uh, we exchanged numbers and then grew from there. Yeah, ended up uh, ended up marrying Sarah. But uh, we'd always joke that uh, you know our first kid was going to name it Tulsa. Yeah. And by the time Tulsa came around here, we'd we'd been married seven years when Tulsa came around, and uh, we didn't have any other options. So she was she was she was Tulsa whether yeah. she wanted it or not. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Special, right? You always have that. She'll always have that. Does she have a middle name? Uh, Tulsa Ray. So I had a grandpa named Ray Tucker, and then uh, uh, my wife's mother, her middle name was Ray. So Perfect. Yeah. yeah, that matches up. Uh, so you're in town this weekend for um, 
the bull riding that's happening at Paycom Center, September mm-hmm. 8th, 9th, 10th. This will go out after that, um, so we can talk about as much as you want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, um, we'll, which we'll get to that. Before we do, though, I want to kind of set some context for people that don't know you. When you meet someone for the first time, what do you generally tell them that you do and who you are? Oh, that's the funniest thing is uh, people today, they're like, oh, man, uh, hey, Cord McCoy, I've seen you on TV. And I'm like, well, what channel? What channel were you watching? I mean, because... You know, uh, growing up, it was it was rodeo. I, th- I started making a living in rodeo when I was doing junior rodeos through high school. Got a full ride scholarship to rodeo at Southwestern Oklahoma State on a rodeo team. And then after college, I never even filled out a resume. I just went straight into uh, you know professional rodeo in uh, the PBR as well. So uh, through that, you know, between CBS, Cowboy Channel, every, everywhere that aired a rodeo. Uh, did that and then uh, did a little stint of the amazing race so I raced around the world three times uh, produced my own show called the ride with Cord McCoy uh, and then uh, yeah so I, I, I gotta figure out what, what part they know about my life that uh, I'm, I'm explaining from so I know the the funny thing is a lot of people recognize you from the amazing race you, you carry a rigging bag around for 25 years and you take a backpack for 30 days and a lot of people know you from the amazing race so uh and yeah, l- luckily i don't think we did anything just too stupid on there yeah so i grew up uh tupelo oklahoma yep yeah, i was actually born in durian oklahoma okay. uh southeast oklahoma and uh hadn't, hadn't made it far I, I live in lane oklahoma right now about oh, 20 miles north of durian there so i didn't i didn't didn't move very far that's the funny thing about it just uh like I've been all the way around the globe three times and landed right where right where it started. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I love I love Oklahoma. I mean, we're you know I don't know how many generation you know farm and ranch. Uh, I feel like my whole family in, in a sense is uh, is feeding the world. You know whether they're raising corn or raising cattle or raising uh, livestock. Uh, so I'm kind of I'm kind of the oddball in my family. I kind of went the entertainment idea uh, when I say entertainment. Uh, professional bull riding and, and sports and TV, uh, things like that. You know, so when you sit around the kitchen table, you know this, you know this brother-in-law has you know 300 cows, and this is how he's you know doing the playing playing the market and you know who he's feeding and where they'll they'll end up, and then uh, you know then you get to the cowboy over here that's you know just just living off of ticket sales uh, on, on events every weekend. Yeah. Uh, so obviously it's in the blood. You grow up around it. You know from your earliest memories obviously you're working on cattle and, and riding horses and stuff where does the competitive side of you come in then to get into the sports and, and stuff like that yeah I, I think uh, you know we all probably have some competitive side whether it's you know having the, the best podcast or whether it's being the best bull rider or whether being the best in business um, you know and I, I, I think there's something uh, about the livestock that, that keeps me drawn in you know we talk about you know who, who are you or you know what does your buckle say or what your resume say when you start messing with the the livestock they really don't care uh you know there's a joke that uh, you know the, the bulls can't read your belt buckle so you you, you start from scratch every day and kind of the uh, the idea of what you put into it is kind of what you get out and um, i think that's what makes it so so rewarding no matter how many tv shows i do how many um you know how famous or rich whatever happens to me i still uh show up at the ranch get up early put my boots on and and take care of of, of a job and i think that's satisfaction for me and, and rewarding so it's, it's kind of what i like to do it's it's nice that i can kind of base my businesses around around that but uh it's good to be, be at the ranch and that's uh where, where i love to be and if anything that i can you know 
maneuver the business around around that. Uh, it's kind of kind of where I want to be. Yeah, it's a very humbling place. It it is very humbling, um, and that's that's it. It's you get the you get the high side, and you know, thirty million people watching on TV on Sunday, and you know, Monday morning you got a sick calf, you know, in the pasture that you know you're 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 nursing it back to life. I mean, it, you get you get the the extreme of the most famous guy in the world to. Nobody, nobody cares how much money you have in the bank, and nobody cares what you look like. Your religion, political—you, you have a job—is you know to, to take care of these, uh, you know these, these animals, and to uh, you know do do your job on the ranch. So it's 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 very rewarding. Yeah, uh, you might have been asked this before as well. Why do you still do it every day? Uh, yeah, I think there's got to be a, a a desire or uh, maybe maybe that reward. Um, you know, I, you know, just quitting bull riding was really hard for me, and I, I know I tell people that I, I didn't quit riding bulls because I got tired of it. I mean, it wasn't that. Um, I knew for me at the time that 33, either I needed to step down level of bulls because I, you know, having trouble riding those uh, those best PBR bulls, um, or quit. And I kind of wanted to quit at the, at the top level. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, you know the, the the bulls that I was raising were kind of got better than than my riding. Like my practice bulls were good enough to go on TV, and I wasn't. So I was kind of I was kind of in their way a little bit by me continuing to ride. And so the the same arena that I had been practicing and training in became the bulls training arena in their uh, training facility. So at uh, you know at 33, it kind of made a switch in jobs, but I got to stay in the same arena. Yeah, it's nice to be around it. Like I said, you build your businesses around stuff you're interested in, and keeps you keeps you around. Yeah, yeah. You gotta do what you want to do, but uh, then you got to do a lot of other stuff to make a living. I mean, I think it's uh, it's the way it's been. And there's so many times, you know, to, to, to get ahead of the the next. You know, you you drive all night here and there. Or you, you you train harder and you go faster than than the next guy. Uh, whatever business it is, it is a it is a competition, and. Uh, you know, and, and, and now you feel like you're trying to uh, relay this competition on a, on a three- and four-year-old wild animal. So, I mean, you, if you think this business is undependable, you know, try the buck and bull business uh, of, of what you're trying to get out of them. And, you know, people think that there's some way that you, you would make the bulls buck. There's, there's no way to make a bull buck if he doesn't want to do it. He just doesn't. He doesn't do it. So it's it's finding those bulls that that are are good at it, that love to do it, and then literally encouraging them, uh, you know, by just a you know just like training a training a dog of a, of a reward system. You know, man, you know, you go out there and you know you you buck really hard. This falls off, and you go back there and there's feed and hay and water, and it's this is this is the good life. You know, so uh, to work less than eight seconds, you know, every two weeks is a, is a pretty good job for the bulls. And relaying that to them that that this is this is this is good this is fun, and then you uh, you turn around and you get those best ones like riding solo. He's a two-time world champion, and there's nothing he loves better than you know, walking in the chute and and bucking. But uh, you know he's he's made us a living for a couple of years. Yeah, for people listening that have no idea of context of how much these balls are worth, put a put an average price tag on a top-level PBR ball. Um, Last year, uh, we had um, riding solo. He just won his world title, and we had um, some very wealthy people ask. They they wanted they wanted to own him. Just you know, just what would it take? 
and uh, Solo is, is, is part of the family. I don't know if you follow on social media or on Instagram or anything, but he's like my, my wife and daughter. They give him baths all the time. He's just he's like when you look out the kitchen window, you you see Solo's pen over there because you just you know see him hanging out all day. But anyways, uh, they offered to buy him, and we were scared to to price him even for a million dollars because we was like we're gonna we're gonna lose our bull. Yeah. So um, so we just we we, we never priced him. Um, you know now he just kind of he hangs out at the ranch. He's he's bucking here in Oklahoma City as well, but uh, he's a two-time world champion. And I think um, you know our, our reward is you know now we have a bunch of little little solo babies running around, and yeah. we get to see the next generation. We get to to capitalize you know on uh, on his genetics for the next decade or two. Yeah, is it similar to the horse racing world then? Like very yeah. very very similar. Yeah, I mean um, and the idea and they keep track of the of the genetics, you know, the the ABBI or the American Bucking Bull Incorporated, you know, your DNA uh, all of those animals, uh, all all the bulls and mm. females and cents as well. Um, so yeah, you can trace it back to, yeah. you know, 6 8 10 generations of of what they're coming from. And when Solo he wins a wins a world title, I mean it, it affects his whole gene pool. You know anything that's out of him, cousins to him. Uh, we also own Riding Solo's mother. Uh, have two full sisters to him, so it it, it affects the whole yeah. train that he's pushing. Yeah, is it kind of strange for you sometimes to see your wife and, and child bathing some angry animal that's that's like is very good at what they do in t- this totally different. Pens, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, you got this cute pet over here, not cute pet, but you yeah. this, you know, your daughter probably is like, oh yeah, right, so it's great. And then you see him and everyone else in the PBR world sees him as like this absolute, you know, yeah. powerhouse of an animal. I don't know. He, he, th- th- there is a trigger. I mean, I don't know. Um, there's there's a lot of people that just sure. love, love pit bulls yeah. and pit bulls are, are, are yeah. family and everybody love them, but they're built and bred to to, to guard and to I mean they're 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 vicious animals I'll, I'll get it out there and I, sometimes I relate the bucking bulls a little the same like you know you, you show them love and affection you know they can be your best friend yeah. but you also know what you see on TV like these these things are they're dangerous I mean you you could uh, you could die I mean they're, they're that dangerous but um, you know the cool thing like my wife she grew up. They, uh, they, their family owned a feedlot there in Iowa, so she grew up every day around cattle and livestock. So just for the random person to walk in there and to give a bull a bath, I don't know that I would suggest that, you know. But over the years, uh, when I say years, I mean daily, hourly, uh, a lot. The the time that uh, you've put into making that connection with that animal, there is a, a there is a trust in there of like I'm I'm. I'm nice to you. You be nice to me, etc. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't suggest that for everybody, but she's built that over, you know, several years. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, kind of back to the timeline a little bit. When, I mean, when's like the first time you, you jump in small town rodeo, you know, and you're kind of like, wow, this is, this is for me. Like, do you see someone doing it? Is someone uh, doing it? And you think that's, that's going to be my future? No. So, um, I'm the, I'm the fifth of five kids okay. and they all rodeoed before me. Uh, my dad, he, he rode uh, buck and bulls and, and bareback horses as well, so I kind of knew I'd, I'd go that way. But uh, you know, a lot of a lot of my brothers and sister would would kind of do it to a certain level, and you know, go on and get you know get a college degree and get a, get a job or something. And I I knew that I wanted to be a professional cowboy. Uh, I think well, when I was in high school, I was I was making more money riding bulls than my teachers were uh, teaching. So. Uh, 
I think uh, there's was, there was a couple times I, I won a new truck when I was probably a sophomore in high school, yeah. you know, drove it to school. I'm like, hey, guys, this is what I won, won this weekend. What would you guys do? You know, so I, I knew I knew that that's what I was good at and that's, that's what I was going to do. Now, to the uh, extremity of now I'm 43 years old and I still, you know, live in the same arena or, or, yeah. or work in the same, um, you know, areas I did then, I, I, I wouldn't believe. But... Uh, but nobody really prepares you for uh, the retirement or quit. I mean, because the, when you're five years old, you start training to be a professional bull rider. And that's that's what you wake up in the morning of like, hey, what can I do to be better? You know, uh, I, I watch videos, I practice, I do. And I mean, you do that for 25 years. That's that's what you're you're trained to do, just like a you know, UFC fighter, a wrestler, a boxer. I mean, that's just what they what they do. And then you hit this wall this day of like, you know, what, what, what am I going to do with all my chips now? Where do where do I go all in at to, to do next? So that's uh, that's that's the toughest adjustment, you know. And I've I've been I've been blessed to have several options, but yeah. you know, not everybody does. But that's a that's a that's a tough wall to hit. And, we, and I, I'm sure that's you know whatever you're doing. I mean, if you're you you want to do this business where I put all my dreams, and then somebody says you can't do that anymore, you got to do something else. It's like what the heck, yeah. you know? That's all I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. And there's so much around that that people athletes relate to, right? Because it's it's not their generally it's not their mind that gives that gives way first. It's the body that says. Oh, yeah. You can't do this yeah, anymore. Something <laughs> something else says that, and I, but I mean I had to come to a realization too that I, I got to retire riding bulls. I I, I got to quit. Uh-huh. You know, there's so many others that I'd see it at my age that you know he rode until he broke his back, or he rode until he broke his neck, or he rode until you know that last bull got him. You know, whatever whatever it is, and so to me. Um, I didn't want to quit, but I, yeah. I knew I knew what was best. I mean, because um, when you are in your prime and you are a hundred percent, bull riding is dangerous. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's been a it's been a tough year in bull riding. I think we've um, I think we've lost three like in the last couple months, and you don't really know about them because they're either you know amateur guys or young guys coming up. Um, you know that trying to get their start. Uh, so I mean, it's 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 not very forgiving sport. Uh, so you, you you know that you know the chances you're taking every time you crawl over there, and that's no matter how many thousands of times that you've done it, you crawl over the chute. You you know what you're doing. I mean, yeah. you should know what you're doing, anyways. Um, it's it's dangerous. I don't care how much safety equipment they put on. It's it, it could take you. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, you're reminded of that, you know, sadly a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and it goes on. Do you think the guys that, like you said, the guys who had rode until, you know, they, they had to stop because of an injury or they were forced to, there must be some sense of addiction to the adrenaline that it gives you. Yeah, I think it's uh, addiction, and then, uh, you know, what, what, what you do other, where, where do you get your fix of like, man, this is what this is what my life is about, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. Um, you know, and I, man, you know, even, even if you have the other foundation of like, I have, I have a solid family, I have, uh, you know, good relationship with my wife. I, I'm very spiritual. I do, I still do X, Y, and Z, but you still like, but I like to jump off that cliff over there and, you know, pull the parachute or whatever that is. So that even, even that is something that, and you kind of got to get a, get a fix for what, what I get up in the morning for. Yeah. So uh, that's 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 a that's a million dollar question right there. Have you found anything that's similar to it? Yeah, I think there's a 
I have, I have a daughter. I mean, there's so much reward in, in that. And I'm telling you, when Tulsa comes outside, she's, she's five. When she yeah. comes out the back door, the ranch shuts down. It's like, what's Tulsa want to do? You know, and uh, she's, she's got a couple of horses, and she doesn't really ride, like to ride that much. And, like, we try to be cool, and, like, we're not really pushing this hard. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it rewards off a lot of this stuff. Uh, right now, I coach the Oklahoma Freedom PBR team. And to watch those young guys, you feel like all these steps that you've you've been through before, you get to watch them do it and then encourage or, or help yeah. them through that. But it's also, uh, you know, it's it's also tough on the other end. You know, uh, Kobaba, he has a, um, we were in Nashville the other day, and Derek Kobaba got bucked off and landed on his head and, and broke his neck. Mm. And, you know, to go to the hospital and, and you know, set by him and see what they're going to do when the surgery is. And, uh, but then you see the other side of, he, he's, he's got one thing on his mind, you know, his, his daughter's one year old birthday party was the next day and he wanted to fly home to do that. So we're trying to make arrangements for, you know, for, you know, when, when surgery, getting flights to go back home to, uh, to his, to his daughter's birthday party. So you get to kind of live vicariously through all these other young riders that feel like I've, I've already experienced all this stuff. But I get to, I get to ride it again with with them, and then even the the ups and downs. I mean, you 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 feel like you feel their pain, but uh, also when they win, you you feel that reward as well. So yeah. it's a uh, it's it's pretty neat. And I, I never had any type of coaching job before, coaching experience. So uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. Yeah, uh, nothing like. I mean, the one thing that kind of comes to my mind of just adrenaline rush. You know, it's. There's a, there's a motorcycle race in the UK called the T- Isle of Man TT, and it's around an island, and they shut the island down. It's normal roads, and these guys are doing 200 mile an hour down normal street roads and country roads in the UK, and it's chaos. And like that's the one thing that, you know, you got, and the guys do it until there's like a senior class as well. They just do it until, you know, but the same thing. Guys mm-hmm. die every year. You know, there's no safety. It's normal yeah. roads, right? And that's kind of the sense. One of the things that reminded me just what you said is like, Every time you get on that bike, or every time you get on that bull, you know. That, yeah. Like, there's there's a chance that you know, and it's how do you how do you when you retire? How do you you know? There's some part of some 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 people just content, never doing it again. Mm-hmm. But then something inside other people is like, I gotta find that mm-hmm. again. Like that part, that's a huge part of my life that I miss, and it's just that rush for something. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's yeah the I, th- I think just the the idea of uh, of maybe even the looking forward to something as well yeah. like like i'm training for this marathon or i'm yeah. you know I'm, I'm i'm you know next week i'm riding a bull i mean i, I don't know you kind of have that to to, to yeah. live for and the, the drive for you know maybe that's what we need to maybe. to set up more of like i, I don't know uh if, and me and my wife were dating uh and we live 10 hours apart and the only thing that we would do, we kind of give you something to look forward to. It might be a month till I seen her, but like, hey, you know, we're gonna we're gonna meet here. So for thirty days, you would have that, yeah, you know, that makes sense. that uh, that date to look forward to. And it's like we'd always try to just set another date. You know, now now we feel like we <clears throat> try to you know you know set up. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do a you know production sale in in September and this in fall. So <clears throat> we get plenty of events going now. So we get. Yeah. Uh, Play on the schedule. They travel with you now, quite a bit. So my yeah. wife is actually at a, a, another bull riding. She took sixteen bulls to a uh, another event this weekend. So <laughs> she 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 works for the ranch, but she's a she's a cowgirl. And, and really, uh, Sarah's a, a women's world champion okay. um, stock contractor in a sense. So they have two year old bulls that compete, and one of the classes is is a women's only. And she was a world champion uh, yeah. of that. 
Wow. Uh, so, so you mentioned earlier, you know, you're, you're winning a truck in high school, you're successful in high school, you know that the route for you is mm-hmm. professional bull riding. You go into that, you're traveling all around the country. Uh, when does it that your brother says, hey, there's this thing, uh, we should do it, and this is called the Amazing Race? Like, mm. what, how, how old are you when that happens? Oh, man. I, I, there, there was a... a when you were kind of going through that timeline there, there was 2004. Okay. I just graduated college. I kind of went full-time. So you did go to college? Yeah, yeah, graduated. Yeah, yeah. I'm as surprised as you. It did take me five <laughs> yeah. years, but I, but I got it done. That's and not I, a question. I, you know, and, and it, it was never, uh, might have been important to mom, but I, I, it was never that important to me <laughs> to, to get a piece of paper that said, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you're smart enough to get a job. Uh, so that that was not that important. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad I did, uh, you know. What was your degree in? Uh, business marketing. Okay. It really didn't help my bull riding that much. But anyway. <laughs> it helps now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's great. But uh, 2004, I went uh, straight into, well, I went to professional rodeo full time, okay. meaning that that was my job. That was that was what I did. Um, I come to Oklahoma City and rode a saddle course and made the, the championship round, come back that Sunday. And I think that week I'd been to I'd been to Canada, I rode there, and went to Florida, and I flew in back to Oklahoma City. And I was here for the state fair uh, that Sunday afternoon. I come off the back of a saddle bronc horse, and when I was behind the horse, the horse kicked out, and the end of his hoof caught me in the side of the head and crushed my skull. So um, they rushed me to the hospital, uh, called my family, said, "Hey, you know, Corsair, we don't we don't think he's going to make it." And if he does make it, we don't think he's going to be mentally stable. So they, they, they scalped me and pulled the skull off my brain and um, kept me in an induced coma there for like 12 days. Yeah. And then uh, went to Pinnacle Rehabilitation Center and uh, pretty much over six months had to learn to walk and talk again. So uh, that step back was, I mean, that was, that was, my, that was my low in, you know, I don't know what do you call it, depression or stress whatever that it was i had no girlfriend i had no house i had no job i had nothing so i went back in and uh you know got in a, a room there at my mom and dad's house and, and stayed there and i think that's when it it was the was the bottom i guess sure. um you know and it, and it became the idea of like well if, if I'm going to go out, if I'm going to die, at least I'm going to be doing something that I, I love doing. Sure. So, you know, I go get me a little, you know, a little helmet out and, you know, start back to, uh, you know, bull riding, which it was a wreck. If you've seen originally, you know, the, the level that you, you, you trained for for 25 years and then, and then I go outside and I get on a, I get on a little horse that, you know, most of the little kids ride in a little pen and I can't even stay on it, you know, a bareback. Uh, you just because your balance was out? Yeah, just, just, it just everything down. just so jacked up. Um, so you just, you start training again, but at least, at least you have, if something, if something to look forward to, yeah. even if it's going to be the last thing you ever do in life, I've got something to look forward to. So I started back, uh, you know, just, just training and, and to think, you know, you, and the doctors too, you're like, you, you idiot, you know, you just, you about died here and you're going to do it again. So, uh, you know, that was the, that was kind of the, the, I guess the big turn. Sure. Yeah. Do you think at that time, if you had been married with a kid, you wouldn't have gone back? To I wouldn't have gone because back. Because you're a single. Yeah. You had yeah. Else. Yeah. So you like, idiot. Yeah, what else have I like, got to lose? Even yeah. now, I look back like you idiot. You know, it's, it's it's crazy. But you know, but but that but that in a sense, the success story. And now I get to look back and say, you know, this was the turning point, and this is 
this is how I, I laid in bed and cried and then got up and wiped my tears away and said, bullsh, this is yeah. what I'm going to do. Um, you know, looking back now, I made the national finals rodeo. I went to the PBR world finals six times. I got to ride um, on the World Cup team. I got to represent the United States of America uh, in Australia. And like you said, like we skipped to, I was leaving a rodeo, uh, Cheyenne Frontier Days. And my brother Jet called, and he said, man, I got a great idea. Two-man team racing around the world, pays a million dollars, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> and Jet, he, he kind of gave me, gave me the good sales pitch. And I, I don't even have TV, so i never even seen The Amazing Race. I didn't know what it was. But, of course, you know, whether I had to, you know, eat whatever or jump off a cliff, I was, I was, I was going to do it. Like, let's go. Yeah. So we, uh, we go home and fill out the bio and everything, and... Do a uh, do a short video to to send to CBS. Uh, and of course, it's about what you think. You know, I'm Cord McCoy. It's my brother Jet. We're gonna we're gonna win your little race around the world kind of deal. And uh, sure enough, they called us back. Said we seen we seen the video. Would you guys be interested in coming to LA and and trying out for this? Uh, so. Of course, Jed, he's like, yeah, if you guys buy the you buy the flights, we'll be we'll be right out there, you know. So, we we sure enough we flew out there, and uh, you know we thought we were pretty dressed pretty normal. I mean, I was wearing the exact same thing I'm wearing today, and uh, you know the very first question, you know, like we we walk in this big room, kind of like this yeah. board meeting like this, and you know, ten people over there from New York and L.A. I mean, I, I assume that's where they're all from, but. Um, you know, first thing I asked, like, what are you guys going to wear on this amazing race? And I looked at Jet, and he looked at me, and I'm like, well, we're ready to go right now. <laughs> we we don't have two outfits. Like, this this is this is the real the real McCoy here. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 kind of how it all started. Yeah, and for people who are listening who might not even know what the amazing race is, I mean, it's in its thirty fifth season now. Um, you know what? What exactly is it, and like how many legs is there? And I mean, it you're is, the world, it is a it is a the amazing race is a race around the world, and and man, and when you start thinking about your life of like how small of a of a dot in the world that you you are, and if if somebody would have told me when I was sitting there in high school, you know. <laughs> geography that uh, one day I was going to go all the way around that globe I mean I, I, I still remember um, you know on on our last flight pretty much crossing the the interna- international dateline thinking I was so confused I'm like okay it was Friday and now it's Thursday you know what I mean like what, what happened to this day in my life so just yeah to, to think that one day that I would go all the way around the world in go go three times uh was crazy but uh, the way the amazing race works they uh they select 13 teams you always start at 12 or 13 teams and they're all teams of two everybody starts with with no money no maps no no compass nothing and in in that you have you have a backpack so i think the first time in jet race we we packed a lot of clothes and the second time we packed a lot of food because yeah if 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 you're wanting to lose some weight, I, I can tell you where some countries you could go to. That, that'll sure help you out on, uh, on on going on a diet. But anyways, and then um, I think every time that we started in California, um, you know, you, they would set your backpacks out there and they'd draw a line and they'd say, on your mark, set, go. And you'd run to your backpack and open an envelope. And in that envelope, it would say, you know, you make your way to santiago chile and you know find this temple or whatever it is and uh, that's where your next clue will be and you have 186 dollars to complete this leg of the race so you'd run to the airport or you know 
hitchhike, whatever, whatever you had to do to, to get there. And uh, I think people like don't really understand the travel. You would have a camera guy and a sound guy with you, and the camera guy has a credit card that can buy any flight. Like, yeah, there, there's no limit. So you just, uh, whatever the quickest flight to Santiago, Chile is what I want. So I think there's 12 legs of the amazing race. You know, you'd go to, you'd go to uh, Chile, maybe do one in uh, Brazil, do, do a couple legs in South America, and then, uh, uh, trying to go, go next you might go to, to China or Australia so you'd, you'd fly to different countries and, you know people people see the hour show on CBS right. and think oh this this guy just jumps off the plane and does this well I've been on the plane for 16 hours before I jumped off the plane and what you got to see on TV but um, you know, some some of the legs of the race would take three and four days to compete and you know they would just kind of show there'd be a highlight reel of what you did in those three days you know but usually whenever you're lost you're sick you're tired you're <laughs> i mean that's that's what they're showing it's it's a it's a highlight reel the second time we raced you know it felt like when you would do something when you would like you drop coconut like that's gonna be on tv like you you, you know what's gonna air before you even get back home <laughs> yeah. um but we'd uh i think every time we'd leave in the fall and uh, go uh, go compete, and then they they would air the race would air when we get would get back or in the in the spring. Mm-hmm. So you know you would you would know the results. You know, I think they they threaten you with a big contract of a ten million dollar fine if you you know told them who won or <laughs> ratted somebody out. But um, I know the first time that we did the amazing race, uh, I just done the PBR World Final, so I just got on eight of the rankest bulls in the world like the week before. And I, I don't know if you know what makes a, a bow-legged cowboy, but like, you know, the inside of your legs where you, you squeeze and try to hang on, like it's it's tight and sore. So I think the three the first three countries that I went in, I was still so sore from bull riding, I could barely walk, much less <laughs> run around the world. So uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, just, getting, just getting stretched out the first couple. We uh, rolled on there several months and uh, got, well, I got, I got engaged in Vegas right before we took off on the race because I, I mean I didn't want you know Sarah and I were together I, I didn't want to I didn't want to go on this trip around the world I didn't know nothing about whether I come back so I asked her to marry me before I left so you know we're back home six six months later and uh, the amazing race called and said hey you know would you guys be interested in, in racing again I'm like heck yeah we'll race again I mean we come eight minutes from winning a million dollars like yeah I'll go again that's 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 that was our money you know yeah. give, give it to us um, and they said, okay, we'll leave first of November. And I said, ah, man, I, I can't do it. You know, my wife has been scheduling this wedding for, well, either either 12 months or her whole life. Yeah. And I'm like, we're getting married November 13th, but I, I appreciate the offer. We, you know, we, we can't do it. And uh, a couple of days rolled by, they called and said, hey, if we left November 14th, would you go? And I said, I got to make one phone call real quick. So I called my wife, and sure enough, so I got married November 13th and then took off to race around the world the next day. Yeah. So I, I honeymooned with my brother, Jet. So, yeah. <laughs> you have a very understanding yeah. wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, the very first call that you do after the men's race is, hey, Sarah, I didn't win the million dollars. Don't spend any money. I mean, that's that's uh, that's going to use what the, what the first thing is. Yeah. And you did it three times? Mm-hmm. I did the Amazing Race 16, and then they did uh, the second one was the Amazing Race 18. Uh, they called it Unfinished Business, okay. and I think all the people that raced either had problems like us. You know, they they were saying that uh, the last leg of the race, another team cut in front of us on the airplane, and 
and that's that's how they won the million dollars. Another team, uh, somebody got hurt. Another team had lost their passport. But everybody had their own story of like why they why they didn't win. So that was the second time. And then uh, the Amazing Race 24 was an all star race. So they invited back all the fan favorites and yeah yeah. So me, me and Jet won uh, CBS Most Dynamic Duo, <laughs> whatever that means. I guess we're pretty dynamic. Oh, that's awesome. Was there any other Cowboys that have ever competed in it? Uh, not that I know of. Um, I think, you know, they have the Amazing Race Australia and Amazing Race Canada. I think there's been Cowboys from other countries do that. And I, I know several other Cowboys have, you know, called me and either trying out for it to do it. But, uh yeah, it will be. And I, I tell the Cowboys that the Amazing Race is, is just like rodeo, uh, like 4th of July when you try to do 30 rodeos in 30 days and you, you're traveling every day. I, I told them, I said, but it doesn't hurt near as bad. <laughs> like, yeah, they have all this safety stuff and yeah. tie ropes. Yeah, it's, it's not near as dangerous as the, the bull I mean, run. Of all the countries you've been to, did you ever go back? Did you ever think, you know, me and Sarah should go back to one of these and actually enjoy it instead of being there for however you are long and just kind of running around and not seeing it? Yeah. Uh, so on the Amazing Race, we won several several trips. And um, the, the thing about the trips, you'd have to pay the, the California tax on them to go. So it did cost you, uh, you know, 33% or whatever to, to go. And we have to take him within six months. So my my brother Jet, you know, he he's had a young daughter. He's like, I ain't going anywhere. I ain't paying him. I done I done went around the world. I don't need to do it. So me and my wife, we're we're newlyweds. We're like, we're going to take all of them. Yeah. So uh, I think we went back to Patagonia or, or South America. We went to Alaska. Uh, went to Maui. We called the Maui on our our honeymoon. I give Jet the two sailboats. He sold he sold both the sailboats. I never got to see the sailboats that we won, and then uh, we'd won some cash as well. Uh, th- there's places that I would like to go back to. Yeah. Uh, I, I tell a lot of people though that uh, once once you've done the race, you, know, you 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 take off to win the million dollars. Like that's that's why I'm going. Like I don't yeah. care that everybody in the country knows who I am. Whatever the bull the bulls don't care. Uh, I took off to win the million dollars, but boy you back get back to the house you realize that we have already won i mean there's some there's some bad places out there um you know and a million dollars is a lot but you know if i if i if i set out and that's that's what i want to do i want to make a million dollars i want to be rich there's there's nothing that says i couldn't do it uh you know there's there's some places out there that you know they're they're they'd be good to get their next meal so it's uh and we got it we got it made we're we're pretty spoiled very eye-opening for sure oh yeah um so, about this weekend, Oklahoma Freedom, uh, like I said, you're coaching now. Mm-hmm. never really been in that position before. Where does the idea start to, like, I want to have my own team and, and that? Like, how does that dynamic work? The, the, Explain the, to people how that happens as well. Yeah, the, the, I think the PBR teams concept started several years ago, and I think it had been a lot of... Uh, I guess thought and meetings of you know how to do it, who to, who to sell the teams to, and how they're arranging that. Uh, last year was the first year that it was actually done. They started PBR teams um, right off the bat. They sold six teams. Um, I think Austin um, and there's a Texas team, Carolina team, of course Oklahoma team, uh, Kansas City, um, another Missouri team. Oh, that's they. Oh, they won it. One in Arizona, uh, Arizona Ridge Riders. Uh, and after one year, there's already so much popularity. They're they're creating two more teams, and I've I've heard there's like 
30 different bidders on these two teams. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's taken off like crazy. But for us, uh, you know, it's opened a whole new door. Now we have, you know, we, we drafted these guys. So you're, you're studying bull riding like as, as you didn't watch enough bull riding before like you know 24 7 but it's 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 all like with the palm of your hand i mean i can reach out and grab my phone and i follow i bet i follow 60 bull riders you know on, on social media which most of them just just show their good rides so you got to try to figure out a way to find the bad rides you, most of the time you get go in there and uh you know find a stock contractor and see his bulls bucking that's how you watch their the guys when they when they fall off and they mess up but but uh you start drafting those guys uh you know you, you kind of get to know them more i mean you spend 16 weeks a year uh you know locked in a room with them or you know in in, in, a, in an arena so you get to know the guys and uh and like i said earlier you kind of get to know their their families and you know what they what they stand for what they do what they like what they don't like uh so there's some there's some there's some characters out there i mean you you just go out in the world and say you know show me the show me the the 40 guys in the world that decided to be professional bull riders so you get a pretty <laughs> A special group of guys in in one room uh, from all over the world. I mean, we got uh, Brazilians, Canadians, Americans, even one from Arkansas. I mean, we we got we got them from everywhere. So, uh, but it's uh, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's growing. I think just the Western way of life is really popular right now, and you can you can blame it on uh, politics. You can blame it on Yellowstone. You can blame it on whatever you want it to but yeah. in my whole life it's it's never really been cooler to be a cowboy um which again the bulls don't care you bring a sack of feed and a bale of hay and some water you, you know you you can wear flip-flops you, they they don't care it's not people get so much the idea that it's an outfit and and it's 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 a way of life it's not you know, not an outfit. I mean, I, I wear I wear a hat because I'm I'm pale skin. I got I got to keep the sun off my ears and wear a long sleeve shirt. I got scars of arms and yeah. all that. I like I, this is what I need to wear. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's the outfit. You know, yeah. the bull, the bulls don't read the buckle. Maybe that's what they what it sums down to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like the whole Western way, the Western fashion. Like it's really it's a thing. You mm-hmm. know, like and and like I said, and. and for guys and girls, right? Like the buckles, the shoes, you know, the boots, the hats, like even the shirts and the jeans. Like it's, you know, it's it's all there. I just I just really hope that the the culture follows it. You know, it's whether it's a you know the handshake, open a door, polite, mm-hmm. honesty, all of the other things that we feel like that is the Western way of life. The the way of life is what you know continues to echo. Not 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 the cowboys and the big belt buckles and. the tall boots I'm like yeah. lifting you know, trucks that yeah. don't go in the dirt yeah, yeah. That's, that's not uh, that's not the way of life that's an outfit you yeah. know way of life is 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 you know taking care of your family and and honesty and standing behind your word whatever that may be that is the way of life yeah Oklahoma State calls it the cowboy code right yeah Unless yeah the funny thing so the uh, Calgary Stampede was doing um I think it's the their theme was the uh, be, be cowboy, a real cowboy, whatever it was. But me and my brother Jet got to be the parade marshals of the Calgary Stampede, and I was really nervous because you know you, you get online and um, you have all these Canadians that are you know Olympians and you know great hockey players, what, whatever it is, and then they got two guys from Oklahoma coming being the parade marshal. I was afraid people were going to uh, throw tomatoes at us or something. So uh, yeah, but that was their their theme of like. You know what it means to be cowboy, and the that was their theme, and and the 
I guess the, the manager or president of the, the Calgary Stampede uh, felt like that we did the amazing race and, you know, we we held up the, the code, I guess, of a, of a cowboy. And that was what they wanted to promote. So and we just kind of fit, we kind of fit the bill that, that yeah. year anyways. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about um, kind of just growing up and, and your faith as well. Because obviously that's a huge part of, of kind of your life. And it seems to generally parlay a kind of way of life with, with cowboy as well, mm-hmm. right? Like they're always just cowboys generally yeah. be pretty spiritual and I, I um, think I think I think bull riders kinda of get an advantage. Yeah. Uh, and the, the advantage of like you really could die. Yeah. So it in a sense it kinda of keeps you in check of like, you know, hey you you got everything at home lined out because, you know, this could be the last time that you see you and uh, you know, not only that, I mean you know, hundred thousand miles a year on a truck a year, you know, you could you could crash. I mean, there what whatever whatever could happen. So it I think the 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 bull riding mentality is it, it keeps you in check, you know. And and nobody is really too cool to think about, hey, what's what's next, you know? So um yeah, I think I think you you you, you get it on your mind and um, you know, you get Hey, what's 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 your what's your decisions here? I mean, do you do you know God? Do you have you have you got made arrangements for for uh, uh, the pearly gates? So, yeah, I think you, you gotta ask those questions and, and answer those. And uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of praying, a lot of, a lot of spiritual stuff, and and also I feel like as well if if you kind of have a, a that foundation of like man I got I got something to, to live for something to live on I've got some some direction in life if you if you have that solid foundation uh, you know when you when you fall on your face it sure don't hurt near as bad either that I'm like you know what this is you know this rodeo is not the only thing that I'm that I'm living for you know or or. Yeah. success monetarily whatever I've, I've got i've got bigger things in mind like i've got my sight set on you know something way beyond this so uh it, it's that that comfort and peace that you know you've got like i'm i'm not scared to death because you know I, I, I know what happens next right and and even on the kind of ranching side of it too it's you know you you're I had Terry Stewart Force on the podcast, mm-hmm. and she said she made a great quote. She said, "We're stewards of his land." Oh yeah. And just looking at it that way from a ranching perspective, obviously with a bull rider, you know, you, you like I said you could die, and you need to have things in order and know that you're kind of mentally all there as well. But on the ranching side, like you know, the land is is you know it's like I said it. Yeah, I'm it just, gives I'm you just, so I'm, much. I'm just a rental. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's as uh, people wherever you go, like, oh yeah, this is God's country, and I kind of always joke. I'm like, yeah, it all is. It all you is know, it's, it, it all is. It's, 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 it, we're just we're just we're just using it. But I, I do think that um, you know, whether it's sunrise, sunset, uh, you know, watching a, a baby calf be born, or you know, you know, wiping the milk off of a, of a, of a colt's lips. I mean, like, if if something can't bring you back to like, this come from somewhere. Like, this is this is what he made and the and not all that the the circle of of life i mean you know animals animals don't live that long uh so you 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 get to watch the the full circle of of a of a lot of things uh to to, to see how how it works so so yeah i think i think being a cowboy or a rancher uh definitely keeps you in keeps you in check you you live in the city and you know nobody nobody dies until they're 90 years old and you don't really get to see it you live on a ranch Uh 
I mean, we, we saw it this week. You know, we had a couple of cows that just, you know, couldn't make it. Just either either age or you know, birthing something. Um, so, yeah, I think ranching, you get an advantage. Yeah, definitely. A uh, couple more questions for you. Uh, outside of ranching and riding horses, the general cowboy lifestyle that you have, uh, are you a huge fan of music? Country um, music specifically? Yeah, yeah. I'm, but I... I think it's crazy that uh, now I have a cell phone, so you have you know music saved on there or whatever. Yeah. But I, st- I still don't have TV, and I, I drive you know sixty thousand miles a year, and I don't turn the radio on. So I'm, I, I do like country music. Uh, I, if, if I had to listen to any music, it would be country music. But I don't really listen to the radio that much. Yeah. Why, why is it that you don't have a TV and just kind of stay away from from listening to radio and, and can go on those drives without like? You know, you, you, uh, yeah, I, well, I, I, I talk on the phone quite a bit too. Sure. So, and, uh, maybe it's just, it's mine. It's my, my mind to have two things going at the same time. I'm not, uh, not the best at it. Uh, the funny thing is when I went to college, uh, me and my brother Jet, we, we never had TV in college and I just, just never, never got it. You know, to me, it was just something else to, to waste time. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not missing much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and I guess I do that now. And I, and I do stay a lot of hotel rooms. And I'll, I'll literally get to the hotel, and I'll turn the TV on, and I'll flip all the way around about three times, and I turn it off. I'm like, there, there's nothing on this square tube here that uh i i really need to have so so yeah i don't mess yeah. tv much uh so the oklahoma beef council are a sponsor of the podcast mm-hmm. and one of their favorite questions is what is your favorite cut of meat mm, ribeye probably yeah 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 I, yeah i'm like well it'd probably be the tomahawk but i don't buy it very much so yeah <laughs> uh i don't know I, and that's uh yeah, that's, I, I never had a hobby my whole life. You know, I'm always professional bull rider and cowboy and run ranch, but I never did. So I always thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into cooking. Like, I'm going to start, you know, cooking. And you're not going to believe this, but, you know, when the COVID deal hit, like, we locked up at the ranch. It was the best time ever. We cooked steaks every day. I mean, our freezer was, was full, of, full of meat. Yeah. I'm like... If this is the world shutting down, <laughs> sign me up. This is this was this was it. So I mean, we just you know nobody nobody come to the ranch. There's no other business going. We just cooked a bunch of steaks and you know fed cattle and took care of the ranch. So it was it was it was pretty nice. But uh, yeah, ribeye. But you yeah. get, you get a good cook. What and at a good steak, uh, you kind of hard to screw it up. I mean, you talk about like either the the Brazilian or the. the you know, chili style. They just put salt water on them things, and you know you can you can eat a bunch. But no, I I love I love meat yeah. steaks. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat one for breakfast and lunch and dinner. Yeah, beef is what's for dinner, right? It is all day. Yeah. Uh, do you have? I mean, of all the places you travel to and been to, you know, is there one or just a steak that you just like? Man, I got it. Like from from you wanting to be a chef and get into learning how to cook, you know, rather than just throwing it on a salt and pepper or getting a Traeger and using using the app and it's kind of cheating. Like, was there anything in the cooking that, like, man, if I could cook steak like like that I've had on my travels, I then comes to mind. Yeah, not not really. I mean, but they they've they've got those cookers so good now. I mean, you can like you can you can dial them up and yeah. you know just just almost bake them. Like you make everybody look like they're really good cooks. It's not like uh, I feel like the old days. You got to get the got to get the fire right and got to yeah. get coals and I got to get you know all this temperature right. Uh, so yeah, no, I think the uh, yeah the, the pit bosses and all them they they they'll make anybody look like they know what they're doing. So 
you know, if, if you hadn't done it, try it out. I mean, you you buy a good piece of steak, it's going to be good. Like it's 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 fed to be good. It's bread to be good. I mean, they have put a lot of. If if you don't think so, like go get a like a roping steer or something that's not a a, a beef animal, and then try to make try a steak that. out of that. Um, you know, and I, I say that. There's so many in my family that raise beef cattle, and my, again, my father-in-law owns a feed lot. Um, you know they're 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 feeding the world, and um, you know they they've they've got those beef animals. You know just like they got uh, the the bulls bred to buck. You know they they have bred these uh, the technology that's went into to beef, uh, and they're 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 doing a great job. Yeah, it, I went up to um, there's one up in kind of northwest Oklahoma, uh, northwest Oklahoma. They went up to visit uh, a few months ago. And I, I couldn't believe how like mm. much of an operation it was. And then the guy I had on the podcast, you know, he's like, I love Excel spreadsheets because everything we have is technology. Every, you know, everyone's tracked and the food, like everything is crazy. Yeah. It's animals as far as the eye can see. And you're like, wait a second. How do you keep what? track of this? Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, they're coming yeah. in from all over the country and going out and all this stuff and they all got different values. Just like, mm. wow, this is, uh, this is not something just like that I would think that, you know, some like nerd is doing this. Yeah. Kind of thing. You have to be very, very intelligent to work all this stuff out and it's generally not something you think of when you think of like specky, nerd looking, cliche cowboy, right? Yeah. They don't go together. Yeah. But this yeah. guy knew everything and I was like, Wow, it was fascinating to look. Yeah, that's that's what it's it. turned to to the the technology that's in you know cattle business now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm literally the bottom of the totem pole because I'm just the cowboy out there pushing the cows. But the 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 numbers, you know, from from grains to beef, uh, you know, if they can if they can make I don't know how many billion cattle, uh, you know, weigh one more pound a piece at at three dollars a pound. I'm like, you don't have to figure that very many times. We're like, oh crap, look how much money we can make. That's a lot so, of money, yeah. um, a lot, a lot, a lot of technology is, is going in. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fast moving world. Right. I think if, if if I had it all to do over again, to go get an education and like, I would, I would go into agriculture. I'm like, we're not, we're not going to stop eating. I mean, like. My, my cell phone might be out of date here in about six months, but we're not going to stop eating. So if, if I really wanted a, a, a job, uh, man, it'd be a solid one. Yeah. Last question. <laughs> if you were to ever write a letter to bull riding, what would you say? Mm, if I was to write a letter to bull riding, uh, first I would do my very best to sway them out of doing it. Um, but then after they decided to... Uh, yeah, I, I think I would turn around and do it all back over again. It, as crazy as that sounds, if they would let me take about five or six days out of that story, uh, it, it would all be roses. But, um, yeah, I, that's, that's weird, though, because the the struggles in my life is what have made me who I am today. So, you know, if you if you take out those five things, you know, am I just a just a jerk with a shiny buckle i mean you, you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. Uh, people people don't need to tell me how you know how to be humble i, I learned that i got that like i mean uh, you know don't need i don't need to stand up on top of a mountain because i know how far it is to fall um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't take anything away but man if i had a little boy <laughs> surely he'd do something different and my, my dad probably said the exact same thing but uh you know, there, there's, there's huge reward, but 
And my mom, she never said a word my whole life. And I told her that I was retiring. I'm at 33 years old. And my mom was like, finally. <laughs> so she never said anything the, the, you know, the whole time before that she was encouraging or not encouraging. Uh, yeah, what, whatever I want to do was, was good. But she was, she was glad I finally decided to quit. But, um, yeah, I've never seen anything so rewarding and so humbling in the same breath and they what was the there's a a, a a meme the other day of like you know, this is what they think cowboys are doing you know just partying and celebrating and you know really they're you know driving all night and waking up in ho- hospitals and uh you know not not bathing for three days it's uh like people have you build up like a glory yeah. you know glory figure and it's like no it's it's work and it's grind and you know for eight seconds a bunch of people cheer for you other than that yeah you better love it. You better love it. Yeah. Uh, I said last question, and I always say this, but where? What's the what's the plan for the future? Where Where is this going? Mm. What, what you said you always like to have something to look forward to. Yeah. On. Like, what are we looking forward to now? What are we doing? You know, where, where do you, where do you see things? Yeah, going? I, I tell people I used to work eight seconds a day, but now now I got some free time <laughs> for sure. I don't I don't work that long anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I feel like I'm getting more excited for the the next turn and the next opportunity. Because, like I said, my whole life growing up, there was nothing, nothing I wanted to do but but ride bulls, and and you hit that wall, and say I'm not doing that anymore. Well, then you know, th- then this job opens up, this opportunity opens up. So now I'm about five different jobs or way of life through it, and now I get more excited about it. Well, dang, what's what's my next opportunity? My, my next turn. Uh, recently, we've bought a rodeo company, or I own McCoy Rodeo, mm-hmm. and we we produce rodeos. So and and so now we're kind of wheeling and dealing with with different venues to to rent and, and produce rodeos, and now we're adding concerts to them. So uh, I think I'll be in the same arena as you know I'd always competed in, but now I'm kind of turning the dial. Like I I get to bring those celebrations to town. I remember. You know, when, when we'd go to county fairs, we'd go to other rodeos. Like, that was the biggest day of the year for that small town. And, you know, now, I, I mean, I think it's the biggest day of the year for Oklahoma City. Well, now we get to bring, you know, those events uh, to those towns. And then also kind of add, add the, the concerts, you know, the country music or even rock and roll, uh, you know, to, to be a part of the excitement, not only for the riders, but, you know, 10,000 people get to save their money and, and spend it to go get entertained by yeah. what we do so uh yeah i guess i'm excited about that as well awesome yeah i mean and then like i said using your business and marketing degree mm. that you probably never thought you'd use no uh but yeah it's great to still be in it and, and be around it but also like i said you're bringing that now you're putting it on and you know everything from the inside because you've done it for so long and you have all the connections as well yeah i think the the connections is 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 the biggest thing and um especially say hey and i i'm know these best bull riders and I know where the best bulls are you know I can I can create this uh but there's one thing in in business is there's there's probably somebody quicker and smarter and better go find that guy Mm -hmm. or or girl and uh you know get get them on your team Mm -hmm. uh it's it's uh it, it it takes a yeah takes a posse yeah well i want to thank you for coming down i really appreciate it wishing you all the best for this weekend uh for people listening they can go to mccoyrodeo.com and then on you're on instagram at called mccoy well. yep there's also I, I use uh on instagram i use mccoy ranch a lot mm-hmm. it's it's way easier to to talk about your bulls and your animals than, your, than yourself yeah um which i mean i do i do cord mccoy a lot but um also run the mccoy ranch 
on Facebook and Instagram both. Yeah. I had a, uh, I had Twitter for a while. I had pretty good little following, but somebody stole it and they wanted ten thousand dollars for me to give them password back. And I'm like, you know what? Just keep it. It's, it, it wasn't that big a deal, so <laughs> you keep it. Awesome. Well, I'll put the links to those in the description for people listening. Uh, we will catch you next episode. Cheers. For sure. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is brought to you by Hope is Alive. Hope is Alive exists to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. Join us Saturday, September 30th for our sobriety sprint, 5K, as we remember, honor, and celebrate those who've lost their lives. This family-focused event will feature a one-mile fun run, inflatables, food trucks, and more. Register to run or honor a loved one at sobrietysprint.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Oklahoma Beef Council. On behalf of Oklahoma's 50,000 beef farming and ranching families, we are working hard every day to bring high-quality beef to your table. To learn more, visit oklabeef.org. That's oklabeef.org, linked below. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.